Hello and welcome to Priority Roll, an Age of Sigmar podcast from sunny England. Join us as we discuss the ever-changing character of wargaming in the mortal realms. Grab your D6 and get ready for the Priority Roll. Hello and welcome to Priority Roll. My name is Dan and today I'm joined by Paul Marshall say to talk about the Pompey Pillage 2020. How are you, Paul? I'm very well. Hi, Dan. How are you? I am really excited to chat to you about this event because the, the pack's quite... Uh, it's got a few changes in it. Uh, so a few little house tweaks, which I kind of wanted to talk through. And yep. uh, yeah, so do you want to tell us about the Pompey Pillage? Yeah, so it's a, um, a south coast from Portsmouth tournament. Uh, it's been going for a number of years. I'd hate to think how many years it's been going, but but in its modern iteration, it's been with me for the last three years. Um, it it kind of died a death when AOS first came out, and then we had a very small event. Uh, and the last couple of years, they have been small events, but I'm hoping this, this year is going to be uh, a little bit bigger. So we're going to move, try and move into the medium sphere of events. In so how, of how many people are you looking to recruit into the Pompey Pillage this year? Well, uh, in chat with Paul Buckler, um, who was, I was chatting with the other day, uh, I want to get more than the 40k guys. <laughs> That's important. So are, are there two events running at the same weekend? Um, so it's three. So it's it's multi. It, so the club, uh, the club runs lots of different types of uh, platform um, and the the main ones are 40k uh, AOS and uh, sword point which is a historical lots of rank and flank and, and Ooh. Ropes Ooh, no. Ooh, no. all that no. <laughs> you had me at 40k that's fine I, I was still yeah. obviously very very excited but then historical but so your your component is a 2000 point five game age of tournament yeah that's right that's right um and traditionally the 40k guys have, have managed to to get quite a lot there um i think uh in fantasy days the fantasy side was quite big um but since it's been the aos uh, it's been smaller at our end so we want to rectify that now so what's what's the ambition this year um so i'm hoping for more than 40 more than 40 um, but i'm not going to put a particular limit on it at the moment um and what's your max capacity well, uh, I would have to have to be in discussion if numbers start to sort of keep rising. So uh, I would have thought around 60. Is that based on space or terrain or a mixture um, of both? So it's based on probably amount of boards we have. Um, so it's in the same same venue as the South Coast GT. Um, so there's a lot of space. <laughs> so, so space is not an issue then? That's not really a problem. Although the, the, the historical guys do take up a lot of, lot of room because they have eight by four boards <laughs> them themselves or, uh, or their game well well uh, i would hate to say that it's actually i would say that the guys are quite trim at our club but they're all called dave um so uh, all the historical guys seem to be called dave there we go maybe it's some sort of name changing ceremony as, as you come and join that part of the club yes yeah absolutely so they're actually known as the dave um so uh, yeah but but space not an issue and we're hoping to, uh, to to fill it up as much as possible and get. And uh, we, I've spoken to lots of the local clubs, and they're they're all getting involved. Um, and local clubs support the event as well. So I've got Hampshire Hammerers. They're going to lend us some terrain and mats. Uh, Dorset Doggers, a bit further away, but they uh, Paul's going to lend me um, lots of his stuff. 
uh, and uh, also I haven't asked Tony yet from Solent War Gamers, but I'm sure he'll also if I if I need it, um, he'll throw some things my way as well. So the table should look fantastic. Excellent. What's your kind of overall goal for the event? So it's to be as inclusive as possible. Uh, as many different types of gamer come and play and all feel that they're going to a really good event. So you could be a, a first timer who's uh, and we had three or four first timers last year that came and. Um, uh, I know one guy that came along, he, you could immediately tell he was like really nervous, sort of almost shaking with, with the, he didn't know what to expect and he had a great time. So I want that side of it, but I want it to be competitive as well with uh, um, if there are some higher end gamers coming, then, uh, you know, make sure they get a good event as well. Um, so it works for everybody. Excellent. And, and have you taken any steps in the pack to kind of foster that? inclusive environment um so yeah it's uh, um to try and cut down on some of the more complex areas of the game so it's uh, um setting up the terrain in advance so there's no having to move around terrain or set it up in any specific way so i'll, I'll make sure there are terrain maps and and hopefully i'll be able to move around and set up in between um, the different rounds uh, and also all of the terrain will be pre-rolled uh, and that won't the tables won't change over the course of the event so they'll all have the different types of terrain and what and what that bit of terrain does um, so if it's arcane it's plus one to cast and it'll have a, both those things actually on the, a little card on the terrain itself oh, excellent um, that's something steve did at bloodshed in the shires and i thought it was really useful it didn't just have arcane it, it then said plus one to cast if you're within an inch and it was really useful for some of the newer stuff. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to look anything up. Um, you, you can just get on with the game. And also it helps you not to forget it as well. Yeah, exactly. I, and yeah. I can never remember the difference between uh, Overgrown and Entangling. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't tell you what that is now. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, about... we'll get there. We'll, we'll start remembering the second uh, table just in time for the yeah. third table to arrive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, let's so, have eight. Let's have eighteen. Oh God, no, no, please don't. I don't need more <laughs> more things to remember. Um, yeah. So one of the things I saw quite recently on Twitter was a poll about the terrain rules, where the, I think there were four choices, and it basically said, you know, terrain rules in Age of Sigmar are should they be mandatory, not played at all, um, mandatory if one player wants to play them, or played only if both players want to play them. Um, did you see that poll? I did see it. Um, and that, my number five would be, um, if it's an event, you should do what the event says. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> exactly what the point. So if it's an event and it, and the pack says it's to be played, yeah, it, fine if it's, it's pre-rolled, you know, and there's convenient little labels. But I was at an event once where I heard someone say, uh, do you just want to play the first table, you know, the, the original six? Yeah. Because I don't have scenery dice. And, um, you know, I, what was it they said? They said something like, um, I'm not using the second second one because I, I don't want to buy a second set of dice. And you're like, <laughs> you, you have, don't have to buy the dice to, to use the rules. You have to buy the dice, yeah. <laughs> um, but if, if the if the pack says it's being played and you're not playing it, then you're having a different game experience to someone else. And yes, by the random rolls of the D6, your game experience could vastly differ to that of someone else. But if that's what the TO wants, that's the event you're playing at. It's not for the necessarily for the players to decide. Do you know what I've got? I want one less thing to worry about. I'm really worried. You know, and kind of like crucially, you remove the potential for your opponent to get an arcane and a commanding in their thing. Yeah, absolutely, and you're you're changing the event as well, so um, it can it could or it can have an effect. 
and probably terrain is less likely to have a big effect. But if you, I think I'm all for players sort of talking things through and things like that. But it's the same as um, if someone says, oh, I'll give you 2,000. If you're playing kill points, I'll give you 2,000 kill points. Um, let's finish there. I'll give you 2,000 kill points. And, and that could then have a big effect on, the, on somebody else um, who's playing at a different point. So you could you could have the difference between third and fourth from that event because somebody's decided to do that. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So that's excellently segued. You, you could do you, you're good at this, mate. <laughs> excellently segued onto kill points. Uh, talk to me about like your decision behind kill points. So I I can't stand kill points. Um, so and that's not why I brought it. Why, why is that? That was genius. Um, because I don't think that should have any bearing on the game. The game is to me more about um, we play scenarios. So therefore, scenarios should be um, the be all and end all as far as I'm concerned, because um, if it's not about the game's not about how much of your opponent you can kill. I think the skill of maybe killing none of your opponent's force, but winning the game is a hugely valuable skill. And with unless you're playing something like chess where the forces are exactly equal um it it doesn't sort of sit right with me that one force that's very good at killing in a certain way and the other forces say really good at movement um but the movement one which doesn't kill as much but can win the scenario that there's some sort of effect of kill points yeah you don't Does get any, you don't sense? get absolutely yeah. 100% and i completely agree you don't get any points for a really clever use of movement do you no you don't you, you don't get any points for retreating at the right unless clearly you retreat onto an objective um, in which case you get your tournament points or, or your game points which yeah. results in you getting your tournament points but you don't get any if you do some like really cheeky retreat shenanigans or screen really well no one's rewarding you for that apart from the game probably going yeah. better but you do get points for pushing a unit into another unit and as you say, that's not what the game's about. The game's an objective-based game. Yeah, and you might you might win your game by playing really well, and then you get to uh, you get into the sort of final echelons of the tournament, and let's say you're either first, second, or third, and and you're on the same amount of wins as somebody else, but you get pushed down because you haven't killed as much because it's the first tiebreaker or the second tiebreaker. Um, so I wanted to take that out of the, the game entirely um so that it, it it's just not an issue it's also it's another it's another housekeeping thing so you have to count up the amount of kill points you have at the end of the game and also if it's a draw then you have to check who's killed more to get the minor or major win so how do you determine the minor wins as per the scenario do you are you still totting up those kill points as per the general's handbook no so uh, this is this this is a bit of an experiment but it's been something i've been thinking about for a long time and i don't i haven't seen anyone else do it um so maybe they haven't done it because it's a really bad idea but i think it's a really good idea so we're going to go with it this time um and that's that i'm going to have a differential for each of the um battle plans we play uh, of uh, points objective points so let's say you are within five points of your opponent um but they beat you so they they beat you 17 15 um on objective points they don't get a major win for beating you 17 15 they get a minor win and you get a minor loss and there are points for the minor ah, loss that's really interesting that's quite similar to the old fantasy system was didn't isn't it uh yeah except i didn't really play fantasy so uh, no nor did i really but i, I just remember <laughs> i remember being a thing right, looking okay. at like a few tables yeah. in the old rule book rule, rule book yeah. so i think uh yeah there was a system a bit like that yeah so i'll look at each of the different battle plans and and i'll from the sort of experience of playing and in conversation with other people i'll work out what their differential is going to be and i'll make sure it's 
in the pack. It's in the pack I give out at the start of the event, but I'll also announce it at the start of the game. Ah, so you've used five points there as an example, and that's not necessarily yeah. what they're all going to be. No, because it might be that some are quite low scoring. Mm. Um, so something like Battle for the Pass is quite high scoring. Um, so therefore, it'd be something like five. But if it's a very lo- low scoring battle plan, then it might just be one or two. Um, and it so uh, um, I'm thinking of I can't think of one off the top of my head now which one I'm thinking of. Um, but there's one certainly which usually ends up quite low scoring. Um, but it, what, it, what it does preclude is ones that finish on turn three um, because that then sort of skews, skews it quite a lot. So you might be um, winning. So what, what's the it's knife to the heart is one of those, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, yeah. blood and glory, I think, isn't it? Yeah, so, so those ones don't really work with that. Um, so that's a slight clue in that we won't be playing those. Uh, because that because if it finishes on turn three, but the, there isn't a points differential there, it's just trying to get both um, of the objectives. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so it, that's quite an interesting way to run it, really. And I think it, it definitely rewards those that kind of th- going back to what we we're talking about earlier about the objectives being the game, not the killing. It really rewards those that thrash people in the objective game and not necessarily, uh, you know, or, or it kind of rewards those that only just lose by one point. Yeah. And if you're if you've got a chance of coming back, but you know, you're going to lose that we, we've all worked out where you go, oh, I can only get back to one point behind. Let's call it. Um, actually, you keep playing because you say, right, well, I can get a minor loss here and that still gets me um five tournament points so um it's it's worth playing on uh, and uh, and still making a game of it and and the strategies of how you can come back into the game also a draw is a draw um i, I come from a sporting background and i've never quite understood um war games in that they don't like draws um so a, a draw is a draw and you get you share the points at that and there's no totting up of kill points yeah because usually it's if, if it's a draw it goes to kill points yeah. Whereas yeah. this this so, rule is if it's a draw, it's a draw. Yeah. As you say, oh, that's 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 really cool. I'm really looking forward to seeing how that works out. And most importantly, I'm looking forward to seeing the player feedback because I think it will be quite interesting to see whether there's a huge uh, response to this negative or positive. Yeah, it was interesting putting it out because I sort of slipped it out and announced on Twitter the pack, but didn't say anything about the scoring. And I've, I immediately had um, several people who commented it in a positive way. So that was good. And I haven't had anyone say it in a negative way yet. But it'd be interesting to see how it plays out. And that Because it, it could cost somebody the tournament uh, that, you know, they, they, there's a five point differential. They win by five points, but somebody else gets all majors and wins by more. Um, and they they perhaps would have won if we'd been using something different. Mm, absolutely, but again, it goes back to the point that we've made on multiple episodes before: of you pick the tournaments that you want to go to based on the pack. And if you don't like the pack yeah. and you don't like that system, then don't play in that tournament. Whatever you do, don't. What will be really frustrating, um, and I just <laughs> uh, I, I hope this doesn't happen, is that someone loses because of the pack. You know, someone yeah. misses out on the top spot because of this new scoring system. And then spends Monday whinging about it on Twitter, saying, <laughs> you know, well, I would have, I would have won had we been playing proper Age of Sigma, not this, you know, Paul's version of Age of Sigma. It's like, well, you know, <laughs> don't yeah. go to the event if you don't like it. I can't possibly imagine something like that. <laughs> I can't possibly imagine. <laughs> no, no precedent has ever been set of anything similar happening yeah. before, right? No, I, I think Twitter is a just a positive place as all social media is and people <laughs> use it in that way right let's talk about the other house rules you've got one other thing that in there and that's chain summoning 
Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd probably be criticised for this one. It's just a, a little bugbear I have um, of somebody uh, summoning a hero who then summons another hero who summons uh, ten something else and wins the game. Um, it's just, just one. <laughs> ridiculous is the word that comes to to mind. But I don't want to sound like I'm being really negative about the game now. But is that, um, is that something you've had a personal negative experience of before? Uh, yes, but more in conversation with other people that is that has happened to. Um, I noticed uh, um, uh, from the Bel- the Belgian tournament that was recent. Hammer and Bolter. Uh, yeah, I jack armstrong put up on twitter love chain summoning as he as you saw and you could see it on the board the picture he put up was like there was a hero in one corner and like two more and then a a a unit and you just think oh that's gone all the way across the board um and i really don't think that's what that that is for um so uh, i know there's loads of other things you can pick out but that's just one thing that i think is a really negative play experience and i may put um a couple more in if we get closer to the event but i actually want to hold on i don't think that will more change because i don't think it's on anybody's agenda but i think other things there's a possibility of other things being facts and that sort of thing so yeah it's just uh one of those things that um i've picked out that i think again leads to a negative experience and then the whole point of the the tournament itself is to try and be as positive as possible and allow people to to play with as little complication as possible, but still have the element of skill. And and those additional complications that you refer to, is that why you've chosen to not have realm artifacts, realmscape features and realm spells in the event? Yeah, let's face it, everyone's just bored of, um, you know, not being able to put any rend on like a Moor Crusher or a Stonehorn or a Keeper of Secrets or something like that. Um, so you, the problem is you just see the same um, artifacts. There's about four or five artifacts that are used from the realms. And actually, I don't think they're really needed anymore. Um, I know other people have said this and probably on this um, podcast as well, that uh, there's plenty of good artifacts in the books now that you don't really need it. Uh, and they, Do you think- they tend to skew things a little bit um, and make the army play in a different way that is not really thematic. I, I know what you mean. And something that um, Mark Wildman said when we talked about his event, um, War in the Heartlands, recently, uh, he's, I don't, he's not using uh, realm artifacts in his event. If I remember correctly, or certainly yeah. with the topic, I've done so many so many TO chats, I lose track. But we we've certainly spoke about you know malign sorcery as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. During that podcast, I mean, do you think there's scope for kind of season two of malign sorcery? Um, malign sorcery, electric boogaloo. I uh, th- don't think it was a, a sort of positive for the game. Um, that whole release. The whole release, what including under yeah. spells. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of endless spells. I I don't like general end, endless spells. I'm sounding like I don't like anything here, but that's not not true. At all. <laughs> no, no, no. As long as you back um, it up with uh, yeah. reasoned analysis, then uh, we'll let you we'll let you hold on to that. So tell me about endless spells. Why don't you like them? Because uh, I, I like endless spells that are kind of I like things that fit in with army themes and army. Um, and uh, I think that's something that GW have done very well is is make the armies play in a certain way. Um, and then when you bring things out that affect the whole game, so the, a lot of the malign sorcery stuff affects, uh, like anybody can take it and anybody can use it. And I get the, I get the reasoning behind that, and it's, it's very good reasoning. But it kind of, again, it changes that army. Um, I am taking one on Saturday, though. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, well, well I don't even need to respond to that. Then. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just a complete hypocrite when it comes to it. Can, you can see why you can see why they've done it for, for kind of yeah. two reasons. I mean, a the law and the background it exists. You know, they're spells from the realms. That that yes. makes sense. So, yeah. and yeah. ultimately, Warhammer is a narratively driven universe. Um, whilst we play a very competitive. Uh, version of it ultimately a lot of what games workshop does and the kind of you know listen listening to the likes of uh jez goodwin on um uh stormcast or voxcast recently yes, with wade yeah. price you know listening to them talk about the army play style meetings that they have and, and like yeah. th- and they rewrote the caradron book because it didn't play like how they wanted it and you know it wanted to be all about the boats and the ships so yeah Let's rewrite, you know, rewrite it. Does this play like it's meant to? And does an army look like an army would do from the law? And you can see that's a very, like, a narrowly driven uh, direction from Games Workshop in previous releases as well as, you know, you didn't need that podcast to tell you that, but it's just really interesting to hear them, you know, say it like that and explain like that. Um, So that's one thing. So it ties in with the law and the realms and et cetera, et cetera. But also it gives everyone from the word go access to something to cast so yes, it wasn't yeah, just stormcast yeah. got their spells and then what was the second set a uh, nighthorn i guess not that you ever see them and uh, nighthorn got their spells and then suddenly you know everyone's not got spells well that's unfair on those factions and actually this is a really interesting point and i don't think you'll see spells go this way but realm artifacts existed when the battle tomes didn't exist when all everyone didn't yes. have a battle tome like they have now yeah Right, and with the exception yeah. of Seraphon, fingers crossed it'll happen soon. But with the exception of Seraphon, every single faction out there now has a fully fledged battle tome. Yes. And when Seraphon hits, that will be a hundred percent of them, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so we don't need malign sorcery, uh, realm artifacts. That's not to say when every faction gets its end of spells, we don't need uh, the generic end of spells because a, not every faction has their own end of spells, and b, their models. You know, there's one thing to remove an old book and say, this is no longer relevant, no longer in version 3 of the game. But it's a whole other thing to say, you know, all those models that you've bought only two years ago are now obsolete and no longer in use. Yeah, and I'm not suggesting we get rid of them. Uh, and uh, I, I do think they bring in a, a different element to the game as well. Uh, it's quite tactical. I, 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 and and there is something in me that really likes the irony of uh, one of them turning around and, and making a mess of your, your army that you cast. Yeah, I think I think yeah. that little decision it, yeah. it adds another layer onto it, doesn't it? And if yeah. if you're thinking, do I go first or second? Do I go first or second? This is really tough. And you think, actually, I can take the I can I can take the hit on the turn just because moving that spell is so crucial. Yeah, um, I've got I've less of an issue with the with the uh, spells than I than I have with the other stuff. Uh, and again, the other stuff I think was there for a purpose in the first place. But uh, a lot of tournaments not there. in Sheffield on Saturday they're not using the um, realm artifacts and that side of things as well um i mean there's a there's a good example actually is the slaves to darkness spell the um one that's really ugly with if you've got lots of casters it um, the demon rift something yeah that yeah that and that one dark uh, fire demon rift i want to say yeah that sounds good um <laughs> if it's one, not that then that, that should be a spell <laughs> it it can be absolutely horrendous so i've, I've got a, a zinch army um and i have to qualify that with not change host which is what you have to say i was going to say i was about to end the call mate um so lots of acolytes so it's it's the uh it's the fluffy version the fact that i can summon two lots of uh horrors and and uh lord of change in the first turn is is not relevant to that fluffy part at all but um 
it's uh, yeah, that spell can come back at you though. Um, so, and if it goes into the middle of a Zinch army, it's almost game over because it's doing like twelve or thirteen mortal wounds on several different. Um, so, so the the point is that you have you'd have to then take second term if that spell is still out there, and you can't you haven't managed to get rid of it. Um, so you wouldn't. So it, it, it gives you a very big tactical issue uh, to work with. I mean, it can win you the game completely, but it can come back and it could lose you the game as well. Um, so, uh, so I'd, yeah, I think the, the Endless Spells, I like them in the factions. The general ones, um, yeah, they're, they're okay. Um, but I think, I think you're right. The other realm elements are not ne- really necessary now um i think they're quite good in in some team events where you can only take one of them and it brings in an extra tactical nuance to it um but i haven't played an awful lot of team events but that's what i've been told oh yeah especially when you've got you can only take one per team you know you can't replicate war scrolls and ender spells are war scrolls so yeah no absolutely it does add another element right so I think we're both agreed that Ender Spells are brilliant for the game and that you were initially wrong and you're happy to retract that statement. And I think the, the evidence of that is uh, is the fact you're taking one in your army this weekend, right? Yeah, a complete hypocrite. <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't be more right. <laughs> I'm well known for it. <laughs> well, well known for it. Um, yeah, I love chain summoning as well. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And you're going to switch to chain host, chain host yeah. this weekend. Yeah, so absolutely. talk to me about battle plans. You've uh, mentioned that you're not going to be using the, the ones that end early, but um, are you going to decide and tell that all the players... What battle plans they'll be playing at the start of the event, or will it be kind of will you decide yourself in your head and then release them one by one? So I'm I'm going to choose them beforehand because um, obviously I need to do that with the um, with the way the event's going to run points wise, uh, and then I will put them all into I'll, I'll create a pack that I give to everybody at the start of the event, and they'll all be in there, so they'll get them at the start of the event. And then will they be assigned two rounds at that point? Yes. Yeah, so so you'll basically get a little book that you flick through and it has all all the things you need to know and I'll put a copy of each battle plan in that little booklet. Oh, perfect. Did you go to Bloodshed in the Shires? No, but um, I know Steve had a um, quite... We had quite a big chat about stuff. Yeah, uh, they they ran a quite a similar system. Yeah, Uh, I mean, I'm not saying uh, he he sort of copied everything that I had the idea of. um, (laughs) I'm not saying that, but there is a lawsuit underway and, you know, no more comment will be made. (laughs) I mean, a lot of these were sort of ideas that have gone around different people as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. uh, Things that I heard about that particular tournament that I thought were really good um, afterwards. I think that's that's one one of the great things about the community that we have is that everyone is quite um, open with sharing ideas and concepts. And so, you know, Steve absolutely made no bones about it he said i copied a lot from facehammer because i enjoyed going to their event so i tried to incorporate lots of stuff from that system from their system into mine yeah and i think that's that's good because it allows tos especially it allows new tos to have a relatively hassle-free experience of saying well what bits do i want to use and which events do i want to cherry pick from and then run the event rather than they don't have to reinvent the wheel which is good yeah i mean i when i first the first year i did it i'd only been playing the game for a couple for probably a year and a half at that point um and i was really nervous about doing it and i literally just cherry picked from other people's packs uh, to put my first one together and then i've gradually i put i put i put one thing in that was unique to to this event which i've still got i'll talk about in a minute but um yeah it was uh, literally everything else came from what other people had written so uh yeah it was blatant plagiarism um 
but it, 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 it nobody minds. Nobody minds if you if you borrow bits and bobs. They just want to go to a good event. Exactly. So, um, what's this extra bit that you've plagiarised, or, or or that's unique to your event? Uh, so, the secondary objectives, uh, which actually count towards we, I call them plunder points because uh, it's all about pillage. Uh, so, plunder points are like tournament points. So, uh, um, but you, the secondary objectives you get uh, there are six of them for each. Um, each of the battle plans and they're always the same so it's not like the ones that gw put in general's handbook um hidden objectives they're not hidden objectives secret secret Um, agendas secret agendas that's one um so uh there's six of them and they get gradually more difficult so if i have a quick so number one i've got them right in front of me so number one is kill the enemy general yeah so um you know fairly slay the warlord we call it in 40k but yeah. yeah yeah um Keep your general alive until the end of the battle. Yeah, the first the first two years, I you know when you copy and paste your pack. So the first two years, I managed to put keep your general alive until the end of the event in there by mistake. Um, and I had a few questions after the first uh, the first round, saying, do you, do you really have to keep them alive through like five rounds of? Um, so no, it is meant to be the ba- end of that, that particular battle. Not, but, not but then surely, thing. surely that one and two are, the, are kind of the same thing. So essentially, if you get one, your opponent doesn't get two, and then well, not necessarily because it doesn't say your general has to kill the enemy general. Oh, yeah, I'm talking rubbish. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, 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 you can kill the enemy general with a with a grot. That's fine. Okay, so that, kill your general. Yeah. Answer. Okay, so so I'm thinking about it from from a game perspective, not a a, a tournament perspective. Yeah, that's interesting. So number three is destroy all the enemy battle line units. Yeah, and they've got to be completely destroyed as well. Um, so and then how how you and then the, the flip side of that is keep all of your the number four is keep all of your battle line units from being completely destroyed. Yes. So if you've got one uh, model left in your three battle line units, then you've managed to do that one. But you've got you and can't how, lose how you, a unit. How you'd rolling um, like regenerated units like. Um, uh, if if someone kills a bunch of chain rasps and they're then resummoned back on through a gravesite, yeah. Uh, if you kill the original, in fact, so that's a good one to just qualify that. Um, yeah, if you kill the original unit, you'll get that. And same for grots um, being returned um, with the loon strike. Yeah, so so if you return it, you you lost the original unit. So it's the original unit that's on the board. Excellent. Or, or indeed not on the board if they're not deployed on the board. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Ah, rules right. <laughs> I know. It's, uh, it's why uh, it's why it's ad- there's absolutely no grammar involved in any rules writing at the moment. It's trying to read things and you're just looking at the old grammar and just wincing. Sorry, the teacher's starting to come out of me now. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You start red penning your own document. See me at the end of uh, <laughs> end of the event. Yeah. All right. So five is and five and six. So all of them are kind of they're kind of linked. They're in like a little double pair. So. Uh, kill all enemy heroes that start the battle on the board. If no enemy yes. heroes start on the board, then you automatically score this point. That's a great one for considering for how you consider how you deploy. Yes. So if you've got a Stormcast yeah. army and you're thinking, I'm going to put all my all my heroes up up in the sky, then you might think, well, that's going to automatically give my opponent a secondary. So yeah, do I change do I change my battle plan and my tactics just for the sake of one secondary objective? And and the the. The answer is probably not because you don't get anything for um, denying your opponent one of these. They're meant to be so that people go after them rather than just trying to deny them. Um, but it could be important, you know, if, if things are very tight and you're playing somebody and a secondary might be really important, 
that could come into it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then the, the last one, number six, is keep all of your heroes alive for the duration of the battle, even if they started off the board or are summoned. Yes. So you can summon new units for this. So keep all your heroes alive. So in a Seraphon army, you know, old, old Seraphon, uh, you could yeah. kill all the heroes, and then right at the end of the last movement phase, you could summon a, a Skink Star Priest. So it's keep all, all of your heroes alive for the duration of the battle. So if you if you uh, like me, so you you have um, a shaman, uh, a and two um, gaunt summoners on the board at the start of the battle. Uh, then I summon a Lord of Change. I've got to keep all four of those alive in order to score that. Of course, because I was I was using an example. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I'm reading these wrong, aren't I? Good, good thing that we're having this conversation. So. <laughs> You I've never had a problem with them before, Dan. Uh, people seem to have uh, picked them up all right. <laughs> It's because I'm not reading the Englands. <laughs> so yeah, keep all of your heroes alive, and and if you if you do summon more, that just makes it makes it harder for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. So they're meant to get some of them are meant to be very difficult because otherwise, they if if people just get them because they win, then uh, it's not going to separate people out. Mm. Um, but what I've found is it's really been good at separating people out scores-wise so that you don't need um, a tiebreaker in particular. Yeah, no, it should hopefully give a really granular kind of scoring system. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see the spreadsheet at the end and, uh, and and how everyone's done based on wins, based on secondaries, and based on the minor wins as well. Because you could... Yeah. You know, a major's thirty and a minor's twenty. There's, it's not a huge amount of difference. You could make up over the course of your five games. You can make up what thirty whole points, can't you? Yeah, and that that almost happened last year. Um, in the, um, I think it was Darren Watson lost a game, but he was only a couple of points behind the winner um, because he'd been picking up lots and lots of secondaries through the whole thing. Um, so, so it was it was close to actually doing that and it does if you look at further down the list it does flip people's positions um it also gives you know if you are struggling it does give you something to play for as well so um you know the enemy generals there there's a, there's been a couple on the sort of lower tables admittedly where people have uh, had just had a general off so they've uh, they've decided uh, to forget pretty much the rest of the game and how, and their generals have just come together and had a massive battle to see who could get the uh, but then that, that chimes in with your statement of intent for the game. You want to make this as accessible as possible uh, and as inclusive as possible. And for those at the top end of the spectrum who are kind of fighting over, you know, the difference between the, the winning player will be the, the person that got five kill points instead of or five secondaries instead of six secondaries, you know, that'll, that'll make the difference. Yeah. All the way down to the bottom end where people are just like, well, let's mug off this scoring thing and let's just try and, you know, the scenario and let's just have a general off. Yeah. Well, thanks. That's the that that is the idea, and I've tried to, but without trying to make the nuances of it work in that way to encourage people to to play and play through the whole game, but without making it really complicated. Yeah, no, I um, think that's. Uh, I think you've done that really well. It's a, I'm, 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 it's a genuine shame I can't come to this one. It's uh, looks really interesting. Well, next year. Next year, 2021. Give me a date in advance, yeah. and I'll uh, I'll stick it in the well, diary. I think I think it's pretty much always the same weekend because because it's the three different um, codes, if you like. It it tends to just be I don't get choice of moving things around. Next no, year, of course, because you got through two other systems. Yeah, um, the uh, blackout. Chris made sure that he was on a different date this year because we clashed last year, which is one of the reasons that my numbers were lower because obviously blackout's a very big event. Um, but he this year we talked. 
about it and he was great he just made sure that it was the weekend um after this particular one which is good because i get to go and play in blackout now so yeah absolutely i'm definitely attending blackout this year what about yourself yeah yeah i'm i'm definitely going to be there it's um, going to be it's my first tomlin event i'm very excited i've been telling him all this time that uh <laughs> that i'm planning on coming to an on events and then work or life always gets in the way so i'm really looking forward to it uh, oh i say first event clearly i attended brotherhood but not as a player uh, so yeah. the first one that yeah. I attended as a player. Very exciting. So there we go. Any, anything you want to add finally to the um, to the event with, before we go into the last two questions? Um, so I don't think so. I think we covered the, the main things that are different to a normal event. I just I just like to say thanks to everybody who's for all the support they give me with this. Um, you know, the other clubs, the people trying to sort of get people down here because uh, as you know it's sometimes quite hard to get people down to the south coast i know i know even south coast gt um find it harder than they used to, to to sell tickets although i know dan's got um you know sold over 140 already for for scgt um but yeah i think it i think there's a big sort of hotbed of of aos in the north uh and midlands and uh, there is sort of pockets of it here but not quite as densely populated in in some respects um so yeah it's it's great that people are kind of pushing people to try and come to it it's going to be a really good event um i'm really looking forward to it it's been gone really nicely the last couple of years that we, we don't do anything on the friday night so you can you know if you're close enough you can come on the saturday morning um and just come straight to it and then the saturday night the last few years we've all gone for a curry together um so i'll, I'll see what the numbers are like and see what I'll try and organise something for the Saturday night um, so we can all go and do something. Brilliant. Right, so before last uh, points, before we move on to the final questions, uh, have you got any Twitter shout-outs or Twitter handles or anything like that? Um, so I am at Ugluck, U-G-L-U-K, 1974. Um, Lord of the Rings reference there, so hopefully some some people listening will have got that. Um and uh, so, you know, any questions about any of this, any observations, please do send them through to me. Any suggestions? So it's obviously version one of the pack. So go and have a look. And if something's not clear, like, um, you know, obviously the secondary objectives of flummoxed you. So I might need to do a bit of, uh, <laughs> bit of I'm going to edit that bit out, mate. No one's going to know how <laughs> flummoxed I was. <laughs> Um, so yeah uh, yeah do drop me a line through there brilliant right final questions then you know what they are if you could protect yeah. one thing about Age of Sigma and never have it change what would it be and if you could only change one thing in Age of Sigma and the rest of the game would never change what would that be so um, I think first one is not going to be um, too uh, controversial second one might be um, so first one controversy is fine as long as you can back it up yeah okay <laughs> and, <laughs> what about the end of the spells one <laughs> well yeah exactly <laughs> be prepared i will i will respond yeah we encourage people to be really you know frank and forthright with their opinions um yeah it's just really important and I, I guess this is um sorry to interrupt but um it's important to do this in general with with wargaming is if you have a very strong opinion and you want to be passionate about it just be prepared to back it up and also phrase it in a way that you know have, have a consideration to how it's being phrased um yeah absolutely and uh, it's, it's a bit like um in my job one of the things I, I find myself constantly saying is it's okay to talk about the thing but not the person behind the thing um so you should never attack a person um for something um you should always you know and you don't attack the thing you just talk about it and and give suggestions for how that could be better yeah absolutely so, so like yeah. i don't like endless spells because they don't because i like armies that have a kind of really core you know law 
thread or whatever yeah, and i don't yeah. like the fact that everyone's got access to all these spells you know that's that's fair enough you you phrase it like yeah. that whereas being like endless spells are rubbish <laughs> that's, that's yeah, clearly that's not what you said but you know that's yeah, that's what yeah. pe- the kind of thing people sometimes chuck out on on social media and it's just like yeah. you've got to back it up you've got to explain it and, and say it in a way that you know actually sounds like you're making a personal view and criticizing something or putting out constructive criticism um yeah. based on on a on a reasoned opinion rather than just it's rubbish yeah yeah um but again you never see that on uh no never media. never no. so um, sorry right go ahead right, what would you protect so i would keep um and i don't think i'm the first here i'd keep alternating combats because i think that brings a real nuance to the game um it was uh one of the when the game first came out i think it was one of the major tactical things in the game um we've uh, so we, we've actually we've actually got a rule where you can't say the priority i know you haven't said the priority rule, you said the alternating combats <laughs> yeah, yeah. but uh that's that's something that's used too much is it yeah yeah so what um what would you protect what other thing would you protect um oh okay so uh can i do the other one and think about that in a minute yeah go for it um right so the thing i would change um i would remove uh, well, I'd make these narrative and not part of match play. And that's covens, lodges, hosts, um, and all those sorts of things. Oh, spicy. Um, yeah. So, and th- this is the reasoning. Behind yeah, yeah, it. yeah. So ma- the majority of issues and problems within the game um, that, that people complain about and that come about, come about through these. So I get the examples I would use are Hagnar, um, Host Duplicitous, Conflagration, uh, Petrifex Elite. They all do things that lead to negative gameplay. So like the Duplicitous can't retreat one. Now that army doesn't naturally do that. Um, horrors don't naturally do that, but you can't retreat from that. So if that wasn't there, one of the major negative gameplay things wouldn't happen. Um, flamers wouldn't be ridiculous if they weren't in conflagration. Um, Petrifex Elite, so they wouldn't, um, it's the saves wouldn't be absolutely, is it the saves that they get? Yeah, plus, uh, they get plus one to save. Yeah, yeah, and plus one to save is like a massive um, thing. There's a reason they changed uh, uh, the spell that gave you plus one save. So here's here's a comeback then. Yeah. So okay. how about rather than removing them from them because they remove a huge amount of flavour because, as yeah. we discussed, Age of Sigmar and Warhammer as a whole is a naturally driven game. So without yeah. those additional bits of flavour, you lose a lot of that kind of narrative flavour. So rather than removing them, how about charging for them? Well, the other thing I've got written down here is so they, they come with a point, exactly they come with a points cost yeah not a derisory points cost it would you know well so, perhaps it could be perhaps it could be based on their on their relative strength yes yeah. um, much like battalions are so there's one thing and also yeah. kind of going back on the negative play experience is like um you know the frustration of um getting stuck with loads of horrors and all that wounds and then the kind of uh, non-retreating thing i, I can you know, I sympathise that that is must be an incredibly frustrating thing to play. But Petrifex Elite, um, if you know, if, if you're charging your melee unit into a unit that's buffed against melee, you are like you are creating that negative. Um, you know, if, if your crunchy melee unit doesn't do its job because it's charged into a unit that's got an anti melee defence, you've you've chosen to do that. And no, you know, you need to bring different tools to deal with different problems. And if if there is an incredibly strong thing like Petrifex then respond to that be prepared for that with some form of shooting or some form of um you know like a dreaded great uh, plague or you know roll a dice for every model you know do mortal wounds that kind of thing so yeah. so i don't necessarily think it's because negative play experience is kind of used quite a lot these days 
And it's often yeah. used for something that um, you know people don't like. And just because the way someone did something resulted in a negative result for that person doesn't necessarily mean it's a negative play experience. Yeah, uh, maybe it's 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 uh, things within the game that stop you being able to play the game. So that might be um, where an army can literally come and take you off the board in turn one or turn two. Um, I would say that's a negative because a lot of people have certain things that they think are negative, but then they are, other things are okay. So um, so something that's ridiculous in, in melee and, and just wipes you off the board straight away. I mean, I, I had one at... Um, we, I had one with KO at one point um, where they dropped down and um, and this is one of the reasons they wanted to rewrite it as well, I think, and it came out the ship and then and literally shot my army off. Um, and that was my game. It's, it's that sort of thing where, um, and, and it's going to happen from time to time where something's sort of too powerful to start with and just needs a bit of work on it. Um, but I do think a lot of those issues come from um, the extra allegiance abilities. I think the game was in a great place after the first General's Handbook when there were just some general allegiance abilities when they started to come out with army-wide ones. But I think when you start to put the extra layers on, that's when those experiences can happen. I think um, charging for them uh, is, is a kind of two-part thing. Yeah. Is charging yeah. for them with points... Uh, would would add a different element to them and also um you know ensuring that they are mm, you know the standout ones maybe maybe addressing the standout and we've seen some of the standout ones be addressed um in in FAQs and and amendments haven't we uh, so I, th- I think we're headed in the right direction i wouldn't yeah. want to say that they're yeah, game breaking no absolutely and um, it's uh it, it was a tricky one for me because the, there's things that i think oh you know you could tweak that could tweak tweak this but i think the game in general is a good is a really good game um i don't want to play um basically a glorified balanced game which is basically you you need to exactly in order to get balanced game you have to have two um exactly opposing forces and actually there's no there's no fun in that um you might be painted different but they're the same mm. and the, the beauty of aos is that it's wildly different depending on what army you have um so you know it's i don't think it breaks the game um but if it, if there was one thing i would change i would do something with that yeah no that's fair enough yeah. and so what would you protect what's the other thing you would you would uh, keep um so in that case i would keep um the uh keep and encourage battle shock um as a thing um so i, th- I think the sort of morale and and something running away at a key point is uh, a real sort of really flavoursome and even like you're you know when your elite units go it's horrendous if you like with me it's uh you know when you roll that six and you're on bravery uh you know and you just lose you lose one bravery six yeah exactly you're just like ha why (laughs) anything but a six boom six and i've just lost you just lose something like a a, an eel or a um a skyfire or something like that and it's like ah you know that's a big punchy model that's just run away exactly um and i think you know that that just again adds loads of flavor to the game um and uh so i think it's almost like that's something i'd keep but also perhaps um there'd be less protection against it 
I was going to say that was one of my next questions. Do you think there's do you think there's too much Battleshock immunity out there? Yeah, yes and no. I think I think probably the area ranges of it are a little bit too big. So um, you know, if somebody's on a massive base and they give an eighteen inch bubble, um, or there's something army wide, I think perhaps those are. Um, but it's quite good to have a sm- like if you had like a six six inch area of effect around a hero, um, you'd have to keep your forces really close to you. Yeah, and I, I like what they're doing with the holy within rather than within yeah. bubbles. Uh, yeah. That's definitely yeah. taken steps to kind of address issues like that, hasn't it? Yeah, because I'm absolutely useless with that. I've got I've got a brimstone familiar on my shaman who, in theory, is supposed to keep my uh, skyfires and uh, enlightened from running away, but they're always outside of the twelve inch. <laughs> well, there's <laughs> so. video, video evidence of me not getting my uh, my plague plague monks holy within thirteen of my furnace uh on, on warhammer tv and, and the whole unit yeah. just popped um on twitch yeah. on you know it was a uh, much grimacing <laughs> <laughs> one of your favorite moments <laughs> one of my least favorite moments yeah. it's cool uh that that plague furnace shouldn't have even been there anyway because i skittleped it and uh it wasn't meant oh. to <laughs> yeah. so it's cool yeah, you can't do that <laughs> I can't do that but to be fair in my defense the app was wrong oh okay um so yeah. i was using the app and the wounds blame cost was 12 technology. not 13 so yeah. blame technology there we go right paul thank you so much for joining us it's been uh, great to chat and really interesting to see your slightly different take on on running events and i really hope all these little unique tweaks that you've made uh, go down really well and as as we always say the variety in the event scene out there is is one of its strengths so l- please let me know how it goes and uh, i'll it'll be interesting to see what other events kind of take up a similar system yeah it'd be interesting if uh, um if, if nobody does i'll know um, what they think of it, really? But, yeah, uh, well, but if nobody yeah. does that, doesn't necessarily mean you were wrong. It just means no. that you can you can run your event and it's slightly unique. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Cheers, Paul. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, mate. Take care. All right. All the best. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Priority Roll. If you want to get in touch with us, we're at Priority Roll on both Twitter and Instagram. You can send us an email, priorityrollpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash priority roll and leave us a voice message. If you want to leave us some feedback, we're always looking to improve. Or if you just want to suggest a topic to talk about on one of our upcoming shows, then feel free to get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, thanks for listening to Priority World. Well.